Vision Night 2021. The definition of vision is something that could be fueled by the conviction that it should be. Pastor Josh has a conviction that Christ Point should be a growing church. Christ Point should be a disciple-making church. Christ Point should be a vibrant church. Do you have that conviction? If yes, you are at the right place at the right time. 2020 was a year of unexpected challenges, but we've seen God sustain us and bring us through. We refuse to allow the fear of the past to dim our vision of the future. We have to continue to believe. We have to continue to serve and fight that our future is bigger than our past. Today, you will hear the heart of our pastor as he discusses our plan for the future. Open up your heart and mind and let the Spirit speak to you as we dream together. Vision is the art of seeing what is invisible and believing that the invisible will become visible. Helen Keller once said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. Where are we going? The big picture of our church can be found in our vision statement. It is the vision of Christ Point Church to be a biblically rooted, vibrant, multi-generational, ethnically diverse, spirit-filled community of believers who are pursuing God with passion, serving others, developing leaders, and pointing our neighbors, neighborhoods, and the nations to Jesus Christ. How are we going to achieve this? Our mission is to develop disciples who love God with all their head, heart, hands, and feet. Will you welcome our pastor as he comes to share the 2021 Vision Initiatives. Thank you, thank you. You may be seated and thank you for being here tonight. It looks as though we have more tonight than we had this morning, <laughs> but uh, I am so glad that you're here tonight, and thank you for coming to hear my heart and uh, to hear what the Lord would have to say through me. So I appreciate your attendance tonight, and if you're a guest and visitor uh, visiting us tonight, thank you for being with us. If you're watching online, we welcome you. Thank you for joining us as we discuss the 2021 vision of Christ Point Church. Somebody once said, if you do what you love, you'll never have to work a day in your life. That statement holds a lot of truth in many ways. That's how I feel. I feel like I have the greatest honor of anyone in the whole world. I love what I do. I love pastoring. It's my call and it's my heartbeat. Although there's always work involved, no matter what you do, but it feels like I'm not working. It feels like that I'm fulfilling the mandate that's on my life. Somebody once said that the highest form of happiness is not found in pleasure or pursuit. It's found in purpose. A person who fulfills their purpose is truly happy. I stand before you tonight as a happy person, a fulfilled person, because I get to do what I'm called to do. 
Even as a child, I dreamed about preaching and pastoring a church. You've heard my stories of my G.I. Joe men, my California raisins, and my box churches. Not only did I do that, but I used to stand on the corner at the apartment complex that my parents lived and had church services in the park. My poor cousins were disgusted that they had to fall in the dirt every Sunday in the spirit. But it was something that was innate in me. I knew that that's what I was supposed to do in life. And even as a child, I knew that was my purpose in life. I remember when I was approximately eight years old, hearing a small, distinct voice saying to me, Woe if you preach not. I didn't know that the Apostle Paul said that in his letters. And I felt that call, that pull, that mandate to fulfill. And I want to express to you that even though I am called and I feel the greatest honor that anybody could have as I stand before you. I also want to express that I am so honored and blessed to be your pastor. You are truly one of the, you are the best church anybody could ever pastor. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, listen to what the writer said, and I quote, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch over your soul as they must give an account, they, they may do it with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. You see, you don't cause me grief. You cause me joy. And I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate you. Thank you for everything that you do, your sacrificial contributions, your words, your support. I am honored to be your pastor, and I say this from the bottom of my heart. I love you, and thank you so very much. I started pastoring this church in October of 2010. This October will be 11 years. Can you believe that? And it's been my custom the last 11 years to preach a vision Sunday every year. Usually, I would pick a Sunday in February to share with you what I feel the Lord wants us to do as a body and as a community. I always felt it was necessary to at least take one Sunday and communicate vision. There are several reasons why I believe that this is necessary. Because I want to ask you this question. Why would you want to follow someone if they didn't know where they were going? Think about it. Why would you want to follow someone if they didn't know where they were going? You see, my friends, it's important that we come together tonight and hear the heartbeat of Christ's point and hear the vision for the future because vision has a way of bringing things into focus. It brings the priority to the forefront and it cuts out everything that is unnecessary. Vision gives us a sense of direction. The church doesn't exist for itself. The church was created and instituted for a purpose. But we must have leaders 
to lead us towards that purpose. I've learned one thing in my years of pastoring. People do not follow programs. They don't follow committees. They follow a man or a woman inspired by God with a vision. You see, I want to read to you a little paragraph from Harvard Business School. One of their experts made it very clear, and I want to read it to you. He said it like this in the Business Harvard Review, and I quote, Vision helps align individuals, thus coordinating the actions of motivated people in a remarkable, efficient way. With clarity of vision, managers and employees can figure out for themselves what to do without consistently checking with a boss or with their peers. I want you to listen to another thing from the Harvard Business Review, and I quote, The message of thousands of people are sending is that unless they are also believe an aspiring leader who is forward-looking, they aren't likely to follow willingly. Just ask yourself, would you voluntarily enlist in a movement or join an organization in which the leaders have no idea where they're headed? There was a book called Built to Last, Successful Habits of Visionary Companies. In this leadership book, I found this quote. I want to read it to you by Underwood. In the year 2014, the book was published. He said within his book, I couldn't say it any more clear than this. He said, and I quote, I would say what's more important in these companies is that they want to live their values. They want to serve their purpose. The visionary companies, they say, they will shoot for the target of living out their core values and pursuing their purpose. Now, I'd read three quotes to you from the world, Harvard Business Review, a business expert in leadership. I felt it was necessary to read those to you because I thought to myself, if the world understands vision, certainly as a church, we must even more communicate vision and purpose because we have the greatest vision of all times. Why shouldn't we communicate vision? Why shouldn't we communicate direction? We have the best vision of all times. So what is vision? Why are we here tonight? We are here tonight to communicate our purpose and to move in one direction. The strength of an army is not found in its numbers. The strength of an army is found in its unity. We cannot be unified, my friends, if we do not know the direction in which we are going. So let us be unified with a particular purpose and a particular vision. Throughout my 11 years, I've had many goals. I've stood before you, those of you that's been with me these 11 years, and you've heard me spew out lots of things. You've heard me talk about goals and visions You've heard vision statements and mission purposes. We've tried some things, they worked. And some things, they just, they didn't work. And as I have reflected over the past 11 years, my mind has, has a Rolodex. I've went back on the 11 years and I've thought of all the vision sermons that I've preached and all the goals that I've set and all the big pictures that I've painted for you. Some of them didn't work. 
thought to myself, why didn't they work? Sometimes, according to Jim Collins, good to great, he wrote in his book, if any organization will ever succeed, they got to step outside of the organization and do an honest evaluation. I did an honest evaluation over the 11 years, and I certainly do celebrate some of wonderful years we've had together. We've accomplished some great things. It took a lot of planning and purpose even to come to this building. There was a lot of great things we have accomplished. But there are some things that we never got to accomplish. And if I was going to do an honest evaluation, I would say this. Some of the things that you have heard throughout the 11 years that we did not do is because I've painted the big picture, but Pastor really never focused on the details. Maybe it's because we didn't have enough leaders to carry it out. A lack of training on leadership. Maybe that was the reason why some of the vision and goals and strategies that we've developed over the years, maybe that's why it never succeeded. It never succeeded because I painted the big picture, but you know that in order for the big picture to go forward, you've got to pay attention to the details. We didn't have enough leaders trained. We didn't train enough leaders. We had a lack of resources, or sometimes the vision wasn't clearly defined. Maybe there was confusion about it. And lastly, it was because maybe we didn't keep the vision in front of people. Now, you know that one of my values in my life is, is to grow. I've tried to demonstrate that throughout my whole life. I really do have a heart to grow. And I tried to look past, even on my pastorate, and learn from the things I should have done, the things I shouldn't have done. I've learned that if you're going to promote a vision, make sure you pay attention to the details. Make sure you have the resources. Make sure you have the leaders. I've learned those things. I've learned valuable lessons throughout the years. Years ago, I used to have my perspective, I want to grow a huge church. I used to say that. I, Years ago, I used to say I wanted to do this and do that. But through a series of prayer, God has worked on my heart. I can stand before you and say that my perspective has changed. I want a healthy church. I want a church of purpose. Because healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. I want a discipleship-making church. And I stand before you and I say this, numbers are important. We count numbers because people count. We certainly want people to come to church. I'm not saying that. We want every seat to be filled. But my objective now is let's get healthy and all those other things will come to pass. If you believe me, would you shout a great big amen? So I want to propose to you, I'm sorry that as a leader, I've never paid attention to details. I've overlooked the training of leaders, lack of resources, never paid attention to the devils in the details. Sometimes as church members, we can get weary of hearing visions and dreams and goals and never going nowhere. Oh, that's not my heart. Let one thing be said of me tonight, and that is this. Pastor Josh never stopped growing and he never stopped trying. We should never stop growing, and we should never stop trying. You see, 
especially in the pandemic, before the pandemic, George Barna, which was a statistician, reported that 65% of the American churches in America have declined or plateaued. And it's even gotten worse ever since the pandemic. You see, we're not in the boat alone. This is a, this is a pandemic that's affected all of us, every church. And it's even gotten worse since the pandemic. But I don't want Christ's point to be another statistic. I don't want us to fall in the books of church growth as just another statistic as a church that's just declined and plateaued. I refuse to allow that to happen. I don't want to be in that category. And I believe tonight that the reason that you're sitting in that seat tonight is because you don't want to be a part of the status quo of the America church. You don't want to be a part of that category. And I stand before you and I want to tell you something, that I have met with God. I have birthed this in prayer. All times I've stood up here and I've just rattled off what I wanted Today, I have met with God, and there's a difference. And I tell you that our best days are ahead. Our future is bright. I believe that our future is greater than our past. And I believe that there is a remnant of people in this church, in the city of Galena, that you're willing to fulfill the mandate and purpose that's on this church. You want to be a part of a purpose that's greater than you are. Hallelujah. I believe that there's a group of people here that's excited about what God wants to do. Even in the midst of a pandemic, you're excited that you know that God is getting ready to do what he's famous for. And I challenge you as soldiers tonight not to give up. I challenge you as soldiers not to lay it down, your sword in battle. We've been in this building for almost seven years. God has sustained us, done miracles after miracles. He has a purpose for us. We will not give up. We will not shut up or let up. Tonight, we will not be bought or compromised. We will not be detoured. We will not turn back. And we will not be delayed. We must go forward. Did you hear me? We must go forward. There is no retreat. There is no turning back. Once you signed up under the role of real commitment, there is no way and no turning back. The Via Della Rosa is the road to Calvary. The Romans taught us this, that once somebody was committed to crucifixion, it was a one-way street. There was no turning back. My friends, there is no turning back. Defeat is not in our vocabulary. Retreat is not in our vocabulary. We're not going to quit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives within us. And if it lives within us, if that spirit that raised a dead body from the ground lives within us, then my friends, our future is bright. 
So, let me ask you this question. What are we to do? Oh, there are thousands of books that's been written about what churches ought to do. I've read some of them. Oh, I've went to church growth conferences and become very discouraged when I left because I'm like, how in the world am I going to accomplish everything you just told me to do? I've read books after book. You read one book and they tell you to do it this way. You read another book and they said, that person that said in that book is wrong. You need to do it this way. You get the point. Everybody has a method. Everybody has theatrics. But I'm more concerned about theology than theatrics. We must get back to what the Bible says. The Bible has already commissioned us to do something. Jesus said to his apostles over 2,000 years ago in Matthew chapter 28, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. That's interesting to me. Matthew chapter number 1, the angel said to the virgin, You will conceive and you will bear a son and you shall call his name Emmanuel. God is with us. Matthew chapter 28, the last chapter of the Bible, Jesus said, I am with you always, even into the end of the world. He starts with Emmanuel and ends with Emmanuel. That tells me that no matter what happens in the pages between Emmanuel, you can do it. We can do it. Our best days are ahead. So my friends, we first must be biblical. And the mandate is we must make disciples. The verb tense is a continual making of disciples. Not just one time. We should be a church that produces a factory of making disciples. Now, I have wrestled with this concept for years. I've become discouraged. I've wrestled in prayer. I've sought help. Church consultants. I've, what is a disciple? How do you make disciples? How are you to move from program-based ministries to people development? That's a concept. Program-based ministries to people development? Because I believe that the Bible teaches us that it's about people, not about programs. But it's so easy for us to fall into the trappings of programs. Programs don't make disciples. Disciples make disciples. What is a disciple? Now, there are well-respected people who have different opinions about this. But the majority of theologians believe that there are not two classes of Christians in the Bible. A disciple and a Christian. I don't think that the New Testament teaches such doctrine, that there are two levels of Christians. A Christian is a disciple. A Christian and a disciple are synonymous terms which represent somebody who is a follower of Christ. Just like the word elder and pastor and bishop are all synonymous terms for overseer. A Christian and a disciple are synonymous terms which represent somebody who is following Jesus. For instance, Acts chapter 9, verse number 1, 
This is the blueprint, the narrative of the church. Acts chapter number 9, verse number 1. I want you to pay attention to this scripture. The Bible says, And then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of our Lord, went to the high priest. Do you see the term disciples? He's referring to Christians, but just hold on with me one second. Look at Acts chapter 11, verse number 26. And when he had found them, he brought him to Antioch. And so it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Hmm. Then you go to Acts chapter 14, verse number 28. You see another interesting scripture. Acts chapter 14 and verse number 28. And so they stayed there a long time, which is Peter, with the disciples. So, so what are you saying, Pastor? Just the book of Acts just flip-flops between disciple and Christian. Disciple, Christian. It's just synonymous terms for a follower of Christ. A disciple is not somebody that's more mature than a Christian or a Christian more mature than a disciple. The New Testament expects a Christian to grow. It expects the Christian to develop. It, there is no such thing as an, the scripture doesn't teach that you should be undeveloped and uncommitted. It expects you that if you've had a relationship with Jesus and you've been converted, you should grow. For instance, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, this book, Paul, was writing to a church, saints, he said, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. That's a synonymous term for a Christian, a synonymous term for a disciple. With everyone in every place who calls upon Jesus, both Lord, theirs, and ours. But I want you to see this. Chapter number one, Paul refers to these believers as saints in the same book, same context, chapter three. Chapter 3, he said, and our brethren, who, who is he speaking to? Saints, Christians, disciples, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as to babes in Christ. And then he goes on in that same chapter, he said, there's envy and strife among you. You see, what about John chapter 6, verse 66, a scripture that I read to you this morning, but it said that many of the disciples, obviously these people wasn't too committed, they walked away and followed him no more. What I am saying is that a Christian is a disciple and a disciple is a Christian. It is somebody who's put their faith in Christ Jesus. And the scripture indicates that whether, if you've put your faith in Christ, you should grow into a mature disciple. So the question is, is what does a disciple look like? What does a Christian look like? You see, it's messy, believe me. Christianity is messy. Grace is messy. But I believe that if you looked at the Bible, I think it gives us some clues and keys about what a Christian, what a disciple, what a follower of Jesus should exemplify in their life. It's found in our mission statement. Our mission statement is this. Our mission is to develop disciples who love God with all their head, heart, hands, and feet. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean this. This is what we mean by that. We mean that a Christian or a disciple is a believer who grows in knowledge and understanding of the Word of God. 
You're not called to check your mind out at the front door. It's to cultivate relationship with God and people, community. You cannot be a disciple unless you're involved in community. There's no such thing as somebody being isolated. You're part of a body, a community. That's the heart. Dedicates themselves to the building of his church through service. Hands. Shares the good news of the gospel through word and deed. That is his feet. Hence, cultivating Christ-centered thinking, spirit-led affections, generous servitude, and missional living. That's what a disciple is. It's what a Christian is. It's perfect love. It's being fully formed. Head, heart, hands, and feet. The knowing, the experiential, the doing, and the going. You see, there's lots of churches that do wonderful at evangelism. Acts of service. They follow the Mother Teresa example. Acts of service. Acts of charity. But that's not all there is to a disciple. you got to not only do acts of service, you've got to preach and proclaim the gospel. The gospel is not a debate. The gospel is an announcement. It's, it's more than just winning the lost. It's more than just serving the church. What about your head? Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your mind. Engage the scriptures. Reason with the scriptures. The heart. As Pentecostals, we emphasize the heart, don't we? An experiential, have an experience with God. Community, community with one another. It's all the heart. All of those things working together molds us and shapes us into the person that glorifies God. Now, that's nothing new to you. You've heard that before. But I think that on Vision Night, you need to be reminded that this is always our mission. To make disciples of head, heart, hands, and feet. And as I've thought about this year in particular, there are some things that we can do to enhance the head, heart, hands, and feet. For number one, I think the very first thing in my vision initiatives in the year 2021, these are some simple things, but effective things that we can do as a church to help us move in the direction of head, heart, hands, and feet. Number one, this year, I think it's imperative. I think it's important that we focus on vision clarity. Now, this is important, my friends. The very first thing as a church that we need to do, and as your pastor that I want to lead us in, is something very simple, but yet it's profound. And that is vision clarity. Communication is not what's being said, it's what's being understood. I know all the parents in the building tonight can testify to that. You can talk till you're blue in your face to your kids. It's, that doesn't mean they understand. I could preach and preach, but that doesn't mean you understand. Communication is more than talking, it's, it's understanding. And it's, it's bringing clarity to our vision. And it creates movement in the right direction. Words matter, and they should matter to us. And so this year, in 2021, I'm going to make sure our vision is very clear 
and, and the words are very clear so that we can move in the right direction. Now, how are we going to do this? One of the very simple ways we can do it is our leaders and our volunteers will be encouraged to speak the same language in order to create culture and purpose and focus. It is very, very confusing to unbelievers and new people in the foyer when Pastor Josh is communicating the vision and you communicate something different. We all must speak the same language. Why is this important? Listen to Pastor. This is important because the New Testament teaches this principle and the principle is called this, follow me. It's the follow me culture. If a new person would come to this church, do you know the particular steps that we need that you, you do? Do you know the particular steps that we want that person to go through? Steps don't develop disciples. I understand that. But we still have to develop a culture of growth. We have to foster it. It's not about a to-do list. It's about the being. It's the being before the doing. And do we understand what a new believer needs to go through? Is there a class? Is there meet the pastor day? What is there? Are we aware of the next steps for the new people that shall come to this church? And so it's very important that our leaders and volunteers will be encouraged to speak the same language, culture, and purpose. Now, more than just encouraged, but at our leadership meetings, it will be clearly defined more than ever. This will happen through repetitive communication on stage and also in the foyer. The same thing, you will hear the same thing over and over and over again so that we can stay focused and go in one direction. Number two, leadership formation. Not only should we have vision clarity, but there has to be leadership formation. Listen, my friends, we cannot grow beyond our capacity. The people we choose... And the systems that we use will determine whether we grow or not, period. Pastor Josh can preach great sermons once in a while. We have great music once in a while. We have some great ministries. But if we do not have enough leaders, we will hit a lid. And that's all the further we will go. We will grow and then we'll fall back down. We will grow, and then we'll fall back down. We will never be able to break the glass ceiling because we think having good services is enough to bring people. And my friends, we have good services. We have to develop leaders. Leadership is essential to the pursuit of our vision. Without an adequate supply of trained leaders, we will hit the lid to our leadership capacity. We must move beyond program-based ministry to people development. You see, the Bible is all about leadership formation. In the Old Testament, Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, said to Moses, what you do is not good. You need to appoint leaders over groups of 50 and 110 and let them take care of the business. What about Jesus training not the multitude, he only trained 12. Those 12 changed the world. And yet they had apprentices themselves. Leadership formation. How are we going to do this? Well, not only is our vision going to be clearly defined in our leadership meetings, but leaders and volunteers not only are encouraged to speak the same language, but higher expectation 
will be required of our leaders. Our job descriptions will be clearly defined now. As I speak, they're almost done. As a pastor, sometimes I've let things go, but I cannot do that any longer. We've got to raise the bar. We've got to raise the bar of excellence, and we've got to raise the bar. Listen, if you're called to serve at this church and you don't show up, then what does that say about your heart for this church? It's not about just having good services. It's about being a disciple. A part of being a disciple is serving with your hands. It's being missional. It's head and heart. It's not just about the heart. We got to learn the skill of using our hands. We got to be formed into leaders. You see, how is this going to happen? Job descriptions will be given. Higher expectations will be given. And we're going to have lead sessions. Lead sessions is just leadership meetings. Now, before I just would clump everybody together and have a leadership meeting, this year we're going to do something different. We'll go ministry by ministry. The worship, we'll do the discipleship department, we'll do this. Each ministry will be specifically trained in their department with job expectations clearly defined and knowing how to raise up volunteers. You see, this is essential. When you hear the word lead session in your department, it's not just taking up another night. It is the investment in our future. We cannot grow unless we train leaders, unless we speak the same language. We cannot go forward. Now, recently in our departments, you know that we have several departments. I want to read them to you. Our departments is number one, we have the worship department, the worship ministry. And that is pastored by Pastor Sean. Would we give it up for Pastor Sean, who does a wonderful job? We have the connection department, which is pastored by Jeremy and Sarah. Would you give it up for that department? The discipleship department is Pastor Doug and Connie. Would you give it up for them? Missions and Outreach, and I'm going to announce the pastor in just a moment, but uh, that's Neighbors, Neighborhoods, and Nation. Would you give it up for the Missions Department? The Kids Department, Pastor Stephanie, and the Youth Department, Pastor Ronnie and Raina. Wonderful job. These are our ministries. This does not mean that you're not important. This just means that there has to be somebody that drives the bus. Somebody has to organize that ministry. Somebody has to raise up leaders in that department. Pastor Josh can't do it all. Just because you're not seen doesn't mean you're not valuable. All of us are valuable at this church, every one of us. So whatever you're called to do, whether it's shaking hands at the door or cleaning the church or being an usher, let's take it seriously. Because Jesus said in Luke 16 that if you're not faithful in the least of these, how can you be entrusted with more? If you can't show up on time and do what's expected of you and do it with the right heart, how can God entrust you with anything else? God pays attention to details. God pays attention to the heart. Stephen Furtick, which is a great pastor of Elevation, in his early years of his ministry, he wrote in his book that 
he was struggling with this same concept, people coming in late, people not doing it, people with bad attitudes. And so he made a decision to politely do what God wanted him to do. People were coming in late, just straggling in, just not wanting to do it. And he asked him to be dismissed. And the guy got an attitude with him. He said, how dare you? I'm the most talented musician you have, pastor. He says, I'm not looking for talented people. I'm looking for people who are available, people who are, have character and chemistry and competency. It's more than just talent. It's the heart. God pays attention to excellence, pays attention to details. You see, these departments are given to us so that we can form the head, heart, hands, and feet. In our connection department, Pastor Jeremy and Sarah has done a wonderful job. In the last couple years, they came to us from another church, and they planted their family here, and they have done a wonderful job. And we have been blessed with them. At Christmas time, they've decided to step down from the connection department. Now, I want to honor them. Now, the connection department is our guest services. It's our greeters, our ushers, our coffee shop. It's the parking. It's the care team. It's all of that. And they have done a wonderful job. And at this time, I want to honor Pastor Jeremy and Sarah for their years of serving in the connection department. And would you stand and honor them as they come? Come on, you can do better than that. Tell them how much you love them. So we want both of you to know how much we love you and honor you. Thank you for serving. We know that you've, we know you put your all into it. And we, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for all that you've done for that department. And thank you for just having a servant's heart and a servant's spirit. We just want to present this gift to you and let you know how much we love and appreciate you. Would you just let them know how one more time that you love them? Good job. Good job. Amen. So I have reorganized the structure of the church. And I have, and this man does a lot at this church but we've had many conversations that we have to change our thinking. We can't do it all. We have to raise up leaders. And so I appreciate this man's heart. So we've combined administration with connection, put it all under the same department, removed some things out so it can be more organized. And Pastor Brandon is the new connection pastor. So would Pastor Brandon stand up? Would you honor Pastor Brandon today? Amen. Ushers, listen, all the ushers, the greeters, the welcome, the cafe, parking guest team, care team, let's get behind him and support him 100%. As I'm speaking about Pastor Brandon, I want to make mention that just recently he was accepted as an ordained minister in the Pentecostal Church of God, and um, they were going to ordain him on March the 12th. That is the day before Pastor Sean and Danae is married. So he is not going because we're all in the wedding. And so they, the district of the Pentecostal Church of God, has given us permission to do the ordination service. So uh, 
next month, the last Sunday of March, we will be having an ordination service here at this church, and we will ordain Pastor Brandon Atwell into ministry. He's already in ministry, but we're going to ordain him. So would you give a great big God bless you? So number one, what is it? Would you say vision clarity? Somebody say vision clarity. Would you say this with me? Leadership formation. And number three, discipleship pathway. Now, it's important that you perk up just a moment. I've explained to you what a disciple is. Tried my best. Obviously, we can exhaust the scriptures and there are other scriptures to look at. But we have to have some sort of pathway. Now, I'm using the word a pathway because there are many pathways. There are many churches that's doing a wonderful job. And some churches, you know, doing a better job than others. Some think they're doing a better job. I've exhausted this avenue. I've read and studied the scriptures thinking, how can we get people connected? Because being connected is a part of being a disciple. It's not just about learning book knowledge. If book knowledge was the case, then the Pharisees and the Sadducees would have had it together. It's just not about having correct knowledge, although that is important. Truth is very important. Having a biblical worldview is very important, but it's, it's more than that. People are longing to be connected. People are hurting. And so we're changing our pathway Last year, you heard the words intro point, growth point, serve point, go point. It's no wonder we're confused. I was confused. Which point are we on? <laughs> How many would just go ahead and say, Pastor, preach right there. Come on. So everybody wave your hand and say, you're preaching real good right there. So if the pastor is confused, I mean, that ain't good. Look to your neighbor and say, that ain't good if he's confused. As a matter of fact, we was in a leadership meeting and we were all so confused that we went out to eat just confused. <laughs> so, I'm going to help you out, all right? These are, there's actually four things, all right? One of them's gone, but there's four things. This is the pathway to discipleship. Now, granted, I know, listen, I know, that somebody can do these things he can do these things and not be a disciple. I know that. I mean, come on. You can go to school and not really learn. But the school is a system to help people foster growth and development in their life. It's really up to the individual whether how much they put in the process. So I know that somebody can do all of this and not be a mature disciple. I know that they can go through all the processes and not really have the correct knowledge. You can sit in a class and not even listen. I understand this. But at the same time, as a church, we still have to have some sort of system and some sort of structure for people to learn and grow and be connected. So our system is simple. Number one, whether people are watching online or whether they're attending a Sunday morning service, we want everybody to fill out a connection card. That's just the first step. And go to the next step booth. No more points, all right? We're just going to use one point. 
Just go to the next step booth. Everybody say next step. That's simple. Everybody say that's simple. Because that tells me I'm taking my next, my what? My next what? Very simple. If we're going to develop a culture, listen to me, church, of follow me. If an unbeliever comes or an unchurched person come or somebody from a different church and they wanting to know what should I do next, you always send them to the next step booth. That's the first step. Fill out the card. There's one online every week. So that's being communicated online as well. Because it's important that we have correct information so we can get in touch with people, right? Some people don't want to give their information. That's fine. But that's a way of just connecting, all right? Giving them a gift, being hospitable. That's why we have the next step booth. It's being hospitable, people. Give them a gift, welcome them, and thank them for coming. And I know you're thinking, but that's not discipleship. Hmm. Jesus ate with people and had all kinds of hospitable moments. Hospitality doesn't change anybody, but it creates a space for people to be changed. Hospitality doesn't change anybody, but it creates a space for people to be changed. I was standing at the next step booth this morning, and a man came up to me and shook my hand and said, Hi, my name is... And he said, Pastor, this is the first time that I've been in church in 35 years. 35 years? Now, if it wasn't communicated from the pulpit, he needed to go there. I would have never known. So what did I do? Give him a free gift. Everybody likes Chick-fil-A. I introduced myself to him. I'm creating a space for his life to be changed. We got his number. Somebody connect with him this week and talk with him and ask him his next step and get him involved. But we were hospitable to him, and he gave me a big bear hug. The second person that came to me this morning, it's your friend, isn't it? What's his name? Claude, right? I forgot his name. Claude, how old is Claude? 82 years old. He was here this morning. Now, you can testify I'm telling the truth because you were there. He comes to me, and he's just bawling. Is that correct? And I thought something was wrong. He was offended. And he says, preacher, I can't read. Is that what he said? I can't read the Bible. I've never read. He said, my mama died when I was three years old. Is that right? And my daddy died when I think it was five. He says, I've been without parents ever since. And he says, I was taken in by somebody and they worked me like a mule. And I've worked all my life and I have nobody. And I said to the man, I can't, I'm sorry. I know that you're hurting, but I want to let you know here at Christ's point, we just accept you for who you are. And we can be your new family. And we can walk beside, do you see how important the booth is? Do you see how important hospitality is? Do you, do you see that people, op it creates a space for people to be changed. And he gives me a big bear hug and he says, I love your preaching. I said, well, I love you listening. And I said, you know, it's okay if you don't 
can't read the Bible? He, I said, you got, you got some ears? He said, yeah. I said, you can just listen to it. He said, that's true. That's true. He said, that's why I come to church. Because that's the only time he gets to listen to it. Hospitality. I'm telling you what, if we would just be simple, if you just open your house and be nice to people, we could pack this church out five times over. See, just being nice to people. Jesus ate with people, being nice. Being a disciple means they need to be connected. We need to create a space. Just a simple gift, a simple hug opens the hearts of people. That's the first step, the booth. Fill the card out. If they don't fill the card out, that's fine. We'll connect. We want to be hospitable towards you. We want to meet you. We want to know your name. Bob and Jennifer is sitting over here. They've been with me for 11 years. But one of the things that they will testify that made an impression on their life is they came to the booth as well. But I remembered their name. So the next time they come to church, I called them by their first name. And they made the statement, you made an impression on us because we felt important. See? It's the little things that we can do. The second thing is called not only the next step booth, fill the card out, do it online. We want to be hospitable to you. But the second thing is called discover Christ point. Say that with me. Discover Christ point. Now, formerly, it was called intra point. The reason we're changing it as a staff is because of the point. You know, just, just let's be simple. And this is what I've learned at intra point. This is a series of learning. Intra point was the introduction to Christ point. Well, people would come. But that did, you know what we were doing? They almost had a class. They were filling out a book and they were learning about the church and how to get involved. Listen, that doesn't mean people want to get involved. They, it just means they want to come and ask the pastor some questions, hear my heart, and see what we can offer, see what ministries we have for the children. So it's a place to discover Christ's point. I think verbiage is important here because at this stage, it doesn't mean somebody want to be committed to this church because this church is not for everybody. So it's called Discover Christ Point. And it's only 20 minutes once a month after church. 20 minutes, some finger foods. Ask pastor some questions. Get to learn about the church. And maybe this will be the church for you. Discover Christ Point. Now, why is this important? Well, I think it would be easy to develop a culture of follow me. If a guest comes, follow me to the next step booth. Oh, you're new today. Follow me. Today is Discover Christ Point. Just go and discover what Christ Point's about today, and I'll go with you. Follow me. That's what it means to help nurture people. Don't let them go themselves. Go with them. Walk with them on the journey. The third step is called, and they can go any of these steps at any time, all right? Connect to Christ's point. That's what it's called, connect to Christ's point. That's also once a month. And this is a place where they learn how to serve. I want to be an usher. I want to get involved. I want to do this. I, what groups do you offer? What classes do you offer? How can I get involved? How can I get, and this is a place, this is the step where they're, they're making a commitment to get involved. They've discovered it. They've been hospitable. Now they want to get involved. Listen, I'm not a believer anymore, 
that somebody has to take 16 weeks of classes just to greet somebody at the door. Come on, folks. Come on. There are some classes you need to take if you're going to be in leadership. And there are some departments that's necessary, but it's not necessary to take a class to sweep the floor. I wish somebody just help this preacher preach today. Is there anybody in agreement with me? It's not necessary. So we want to get people involved. And this is, now I want you to stay with me. I know I've preached 45 minutes, but stay with me. I'm almost done. This is very important. The last step is growth point. Now, I didn't change that because we're accustomed to it. Now, this is important. Please listen to pastor. When I say growth point, you automatically think classes on Wednesday night and groups every other Sunday night when we have groups. That's what classes and groups, growth point. That's what you think. And what we have done previously is this. Growth point semester. So when the semester comes in the spring, we offer some classes and offer some groups, and you go to it. It's called Growth Point. But I'm changing it. That's a part of Growth Point. But now Growth Point is four things. Head, heart, hands, and feet. So this is what we're going to do. Every semester... There's going to be a spring semester, summer, and fall. Everybody in the church, electronically and on paper, will get a card, something like this. And you'll see it in your book that I give you. It's called the Growth Point Card. The first thing in the category will be head, heart, hands, and feet. Every person in the church will get a card. You can do it online, or you can get a paper copy. Every person will get one. And on the card, this is a... This is to foster growth. So this is more than classes and more than groups. It's head, heart, hands, and feet. So the card, for instance, will say head. And it will say class on Wednesday night on the core. Emotionally healthy Christianity, Wednesday nights at 7.30. It will say, you know, reading through the Bible, etc. Anything that does with the head, you could check it off. Okay, it just helps foster growth. And now classes, is going, we're going to condense classes just to a couple that we think is important for discipleship. Heart. What is heart? Well, the very first thing under heart would be church service, Sunday morning. That's a heart aspect. So that reminds them this is the heart aspect. Number two, groups. That's offered on certain Sunday nights, and the dates are on that category of where the groups are at and the date. It will have other things. Maybe it will say encounter night. You know, that's to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the heart. These are aspects under the heart. Then the hands will have the aspect of hands. Certain things to serve, certain levels of serve. Simple serve, seasonal super serve. Different levels that people can serve and where to serve at. And feet. And the feet is the mission, the go. And it will have the outreach events. The class on how to win the loss. Take a class on how to win the loss. And this card will be given out every semester to everyone in the church so that they could grow in four areas. Everybody say grow in four areas. And what is it? Head, heart, 
hands, and feet. Now, in the summertime, there may not be a lot of classes and groups, but everybody still gets a card, and there's four areas, four dimensions that you can grow in, all right? And this is, card is very, very important. Now, I know somebody comes new to Christ Point, they may want to, they can pick up a growth point card at any time and skip all the other steps. There's fluidity in this. There's, there's, it's, it's, there's movement. We don't want to tell somebody they can't do this before they do this. There's movement in this. So what am I saying? Let's be hospitable to people at the Next Step booth. Let's invite people to go to discover Christ's point. They may not like it, but they get to hear my heart. They get information about the church, and then they get connected. That's another Sunday where they get connected and learn about groups and classes, and, and they learn in Connect to Christ Point, they learn about the Growth Point card. They're schooled on how to grow, and they get a card, and they learn how to grow. And I'm going to develop connectors to help people get connected. So when somebody new has come, we're going to have connectors that will walk with people through the process of Growth Point. Head, heart, hands, and feet. It's like a Christ Point coach. They will come along somebody and help them to grow in head, heart, hands, and feet. This is important that you know this. Because if there's new people that come, I want you to be familiar with vision clarity. We all speak the same language. How do, what is growth point? Growth point is a pathway to help people grow in head, heart, Hands, feet. What is next step? That's just being entered. That's just meeting the pastor on Sunday morning, receiving a gift, getting your information. Discover Christ point happens once a month where you can get to hear the heartbeat of Pastor Josh. Receive information. Ask questions. You don't have time to ask all the questions in the foyer. Connect to Christ point. Find an area to serve. Learn about groups and classes. How to get involved and how to get connected. And we'll pair you with a connector to walk with you through growth point so that you can continue to grow. Now listen, folks, I know that just because people do this, that doesn't mean they're going to be a mature disciple. But at least it helps them. It fosters growth. It cultivates growth. It helps people to go in the right direction. And how many would say, Pastor Josh, I'm all about fostering and helping people in the right direction. Come on, somebody. Is there anybody here? Two other things. i got ten minutes left. So, vision clarity. Somebody say vision clarity. Somebody say leadership formation. Somebody say discipleship pathway. Number four, relational outreach. Relational outreach. Before I say that, I want to say this. That under the discipleship pathway, under the heart is the groups. We have small groups. And Pastor Doug and Connie is over growth point. They're over the discipleship pathway. And uh, our groups and classes, we're going to institute this probably in April, I think. The head, heart, hands, and feet. And uh, we have many different groups. And one of the new groups that we're going to stress this year, and we have um, offered it in times past, and and uh, Sister Pat Young has done a wonderful job in serving that department. 
and uh, I think she's here tonight. Yes, yeah, she's here. And she had, was over the women's group and done a wonderful job. And she does have a small group with women, and that doesn't change. But she was over the women's department and done a wonderful job. And, um, and I just want you to know, Pat, you've demonstrated such maturity and love, and we love you, and thank you. Would you stand and honor Sister Pat and just let her know how much you love her and appreciate her tonight? And so, Jonna Buer, would you stand? Jonna has come to me, and through a process of prayer, and she has a desire to do a women's group of the women's ministry, and so we just want to welcome her to add in a new group under discipleship. Jonna, we welcome you. Would you stand, Jonna? And so all the women give a great big hand clap to Jonna. Amen. The women's director, and we love you. And that, that will be a group under discipleship. And so, Jonna, we welcome you and thank you, Sister Pat. Um, let's move on to the last two. I only got eight minutes left. Relational outreach, number four. Listen, we got to do more than just talk about winning the lost. We got to put it into action. People matter to God. In times past, we've not had a missions pastor. We've not. The department's kind of been left open. And so therefore, we kind of just struggled and all did it together. But I have learned one thing that outreach events, that doesn't mean you win the lost. It's good. But don't you think we have to be more strategic than just having outreach events? And so through much prayer, I asked this particular person, um, spoke to the elders, and so we just, I just felt a, a yes, and it's, it's proven to be a, a strong yes. And so tonight on our pastoral staff, for the very first time, I want to introduce to you the new missions and outreach pastor, Lewis Sullivan. Would you welcome him as he comes? Come on, would you give a great big God bless you? Oh, are you falling at his feet? I've got kids and I've got snacks on me. What? I've got kids and I've got snacks on me. Sorry. he got snacks. And so, as most of you know, Lewis Sullivan is attending the Assemblies of God Seminary, and his focus is missions. And uh, his heart, I mean, listen, if you're talking to the man, and he's talking about outreach and mission, he starts to cry, maybe that could be an indication that he loves missions. How many would agree with me? And so, he has just been overjoyed about just what we can do about winning the lost. And I'm saying, I want to help you, Lewis. Now, I, I can't head everything up, but hey, you, you start it and we'll go. And so Lewis got with me, and so this is the strategy. In April, for the very, we're not going to have an Easter outreach. No Easter outreach, just come to church on Easter and Good Friday, all right? No outreach. We're going to focus our energy in April, and we're going to do adopt a block and the table. I want to explain what that is very quickly. Yes, yeah, so uh, adopt the block. Uh, we want to basically pick out neighborhoods within the city. Um, we want to go, uh, of Galena, yes. And we want to go out there and uh, basically spend the day out there. Uh, grill, grill burgers and hot dogs, um, let the kids play, all those things. Um, and really just have a, have a good time in the neighborhoods. Try to get as connected to people as we can. Um, and then not, not only to funnel them in here, but to, just to make friendships, um, to try to convey the gospel to them. 
uh, on a personal level and all those things. I really think it's going to be a good deal. And then in conjunction with that, with that we'll have the table. And that's where we're going to try to just blow it out here. Just formal meal, uh, make it as nice as we can, and invite everybody. It's not just about uh, those who um, don't have money or anything. We just we want people from the city here. We want to feed them. We want to connect them uh, because we want to be a church for the city, not not just for a few. Right, and so Pastor mentioned creating space a few times, and in particular hospitality. Um, and as the as the feet in the in the discipleship pathway, uh, that's what we are. We are space creators. And so again, stressing that hospitality, we are we are going to be hospitable. We're going to be friendly. Uh, we're going to have a smile on our face, and we're going to be ready to listen, um, not just to not just to talk. Uh, we're we're going to be ready to listen and hear where people are at. Be hospitable and create space for the Holy Spirit to work in their life because we can't save them. That's that's God's job. But as the feet, we are going to create that space and allow the Holy Spirit to work in their life. Very good. And on the growth point card, it will have all of this listed in the dates and the times. If you want to get involved, you can. And one of the things is not only adopt a block in the table, but we're going to have go teams. And he's going to teach on Wednesday nights when we implement this on how to win the lost. And so, and then we'll, you'll start going out in May, I think after you're trained, and, and so there's be different events that the GO teams will go and, and start winning the lost or attempt to or whatever your strategy is. That's up to you. And then we're going to develop. We're super excited about this, aren't we? The GO packet. You want to tell them about it? The GO packet is, and that will be on your growth point card. L- listen, what if you don't go to, you don't go to the GO team, you don't go to adopt a block, you don't go help, but you're like, I want to learn how to, win the loss. We're going to develop a packet, put some gift cards in there. We're going to give you a list of ways to be hospitable to people. We're going to give you directions on how to lead somebody to Jesus. We're going to give you ideas of how to be missional. We're going to give you, you know, water gardens, phone number. It'll be a packet where you could be missional all by yourself. All right. So all by your, and just, we'll tell people, go by the next step booth and pick up a go packet and it'll just give you directions on what you need to do to be missional. And so there's many things. Listen, we're, this has been in the works for a long time, hasn't it? And so thank you. Would you welcome, it's Pastor Lewis now, PL. Come on, would you welcome our new missions and outreach pastor? Would you let him know how much you love him? And lastly, I got two minutes left. Intentional digital engagement. That's a word, isn't it? How many knows that our world is changing and people are more digital than ever before? We have the potential to reach more people. Listen, don't get discouraged if you come to church and you don't see a lot of people here. We gotta change our we gotta change our perspective. Our audience is not just people who are seat, seated in these church seats. Our audience now is virtual as well. So there's much more people attending this church than the people that you see around you. Much more. So we got to change our perspective. And so our goal is to put the growth point discipleship pathway. This will be a long process, but we want to put it online so people can be connected to Christ point. And speaking of that, I spoke to Pastor Ronnie, Pastor Stephanie. This will be a while because there's so much that we need to do, but we want to create a growth point card. 
the four areas, head, heart, hands, and feet, for our kids and for our youth so that they are given a card every semester so that they could help learn and grow. How many thinks that's a great idea? And what about the five-year initiative? You're going to get a book here in just a moment. And if I had to tell you, what is our five-year initiatives? Well, there's lots of things that I want to do, but I feel like the first thing in five years, number one, there's a whole list in your book of the five-year initiative. If we do number one, all the other things will fall just in line. So the, the thing that we need to be focused on in the next five years, and there's specifics here, like, for instance, we want to support 50 missionaries at $100 a month, add five missionaries for the next five years, increase our mission giving to 60000 over the which is very doable. I mean, we almost hit 30000 already. It's very doable. Um, we want to maintain a continual presence of 75% of the city of Galena through adopt a block in the table, improve our technology, have 50% of our church reading the Bible through yearly. We want 50% of our church tithing. Somebody say amen. And so these are just things. But the five, if, if we can just do number one, build a model church of discipleship by continue to develop our system structures and strategies in a simple and effective way. Listen, we can do these next step, the discipleship pathway. We may need to tweak it sometime, and that's all right, but we can't stop. Let Our goal is to, we want to create a culture of growth and development in people's lives. It may not be the perfect system, but it is a system so that we can create development and growth. Amen. Amen. The four areas that we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on Sunday morning, our discipleship pathway, our children and youth, and online. Those are the four main things that we'll focus on. Amen. Sunday morning church service, our discipleship pathway, our next gen, and online. Amen. Let's make church great again. Did you enjoy the vision for 2021? Did you enjoy the vision of 2021? Amen. Amen.